0: So, hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Balustrade's World of Interesting Things, a podcast, about <laughs> a podcast full of awkward silence, no, a podcast about interesting things—things things that we find interesting—and that we hope you do too. I'm Carter, and I'm Lex, and together we are Balustrade, a band who has many times ruined people's lifelong love of Mellow Down by Teenage Fan Club. It gives me pain.
1: <laughs> dee 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 dee. Just like that. Exactly. We've ruined
0: them for you now as well. With the whistling solo and everything. <laughs> Ooh, peaking. Nice. We've decided to go a little bit mainstream, a little bit, but also a little bit alternative. Yeah, I don't got, know. You could say we've gone a bit rogue. Oh. Mm. we've got a bit intergalactic.
1: and Anyway.
0: Um, this is all kind of born out of a conversation that we had at the end of our last podcast when we were mm. coming up with ideas for things that we could talk about. And so we decided to put on our list of possible topics.
1: Star Wars. Yes, and we also thought, well, let's just do it straight away because we might know enough. And because the conversation that we were beginning to have
0: actually sounded quite interesting.
1: It was quite interesting.
0: So the the topic we're going to go for is... We're going to pick on basically the two most recent Star Wars films, so Rogue One and Force Awakens. So I think what we'll do is we'll start by talking about Rogue One Mm -hmm. and then for the second conversation we are going to go head to head and Carter and I are going to discuss why I think Force Awakens is better.
1: He thinks that it is better because he is wrong. That is my contention. (laughs)
0: So as you can tell, it's just going to be Carter going wrong, 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 wrong. wrong.
1: Yeah, my argument amounts to no. Yeah. That is all the sum- for
0: five minutes. <laughs> but some of the issues that we were touching on yeah. in our initial conversation yeah. kind of bear out in the greater discussion yeah. of Force Awakens versus Rogue One. Yeah, but anyway, this so- could get
1: feisty. It could, so- but it's very hot, so it won't. Uh, are you going to prepare the? I have the timer, the app timer of wonder. Give us five minutes that we'll probably not stick to, but nevertheless... It's there as a loose structure. <laughs> exactly. What five better... minutes within which you can edit the rambling that we'll do. What better structure is there than a loose structure? <laughs> exactly. Five minutes on, on Rogue One. It's good, isn't it? It's a great film. It really is. It's really, really, really good. So. It's not all going to be just this. <laughs> it's it is to be. Brilliant. Um...
0: So what, why 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 did you
1: like Rogue One? Um, for me, it's a brilliant standalone war film. That's what it is. It tells you a simple story. It has a beginning. It has an end. It's it definitely, has, of, an end, definitely is, has an end. Definitely has an end.
0: It's one of the rare things yeah. for a Star Wars film. It
1: works on its own. You don't really need to have... I don't think you need to have seen the other Star Wars films for it to make sense. Right. And you don't need to go on and see the other Star Wars films afterwards. It kind of is a complete unit. But...
0: I would also say that what makes it such a good film is that it actually improves the films that are to come. Yes. Once you get to the end, yes. you actually think, wow, that actually puts together some of the plot holes yeah. from A New Hope. Yeah. And actually, A New Hope
1: makes more sense. Yes, and it, it gives does. it more depth and yeah, more gravitas. You sort of, the, the ship is running from something definite.
0: Yeah, but... and the fact that it literally ties up to the beginning yeah, of yeah. A New Hope is quite yeah. an exciting uh, way to do yeah. things
1: so rogue one i think is superbly acted all round. it is fantastically well directed very much so um it looks beautiful and it looked but
0: it it looks like it was shot in 1982 absolutely which is cost and everything, everything is so perfect. brilliant
1: it really fits within that universe in a way that the prequel films absolutely failed
0: yeah so. as, just as um it makes a New Hope better yeah. it reminds you of how awful those prequels yeah. are and it, how wrong it they makes, are tonally. it makes the Clone Wars worse it does which is quite saying something yeah. because that is a Attack of the Clones Attack side. of the Clones Clone Wars is the cartoon it's it? oh is it never seen it yeah. anyway <laughs> there we <laughs> dismissed it's great insights there that we got. <laughs> um, but yeah I mean the visual aesthetic is, is very much very old fashioned and but without it feeling like it's trying too hard to do yeah. that. It just it does that brilliant job of making it you know, you've got the, the LED screens yeah. and you've got, you know, the costumes and you've got the really kind of dodgy haircuts as well yes. that just makes it look
1: of that period. Yeah, exactly. The main bad guy, I've forgotten his name, the actor who plays him. Ben Mendelssohn. Ben Mendelssohn is absolutely superb in this. Um, he's menacing and he's a physical presence in a way that baddies in other films have not been I yeah,
0: think exactly and he's allowed to be bad isn't he yes, as he's, well yes he's nasty and I think that's kind of we'll get onto that in a bit in a bit when we talk about Force Awakens yeah. and that's partly what makes the story work is mm. that you're allowed to have depth and meaning and significance to yeah. the actions yeah. because you're not trying to unlike the prequels where you're forced into telling a story where certain characters nothing can happen to them yeah You know, even though this happens before A New Hope, because they've introduced this new set of characters, Mm -hmm. there's jeopardy and there's danger. Yeah, Yeah, you Uh,
1: don't know who's going to survive, who's not going to survive. It's sort of, there's still that tension. And you don't get that in franchise films anymore. You don't.
0: because they're always part of this bigger marketing exploit, because you know who's coming next, yeah. or what film's coming next, pretty much before the yeah, one's been filmed. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean,
1: recently Lex lent me and my wife Jo the whole of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Blu-rays, mm. and we watched it, and I was there getting sort of less and less interested as it went on, because it's more and more, yeah, we know who's going to survive this, we know what's going to happen here, these aren't films, they're just sort of treading water. They're really, a yeah, yeah, larger story. And it's sort of without the larger story of being being sort of anything that I, you're interested in or being overtly enough to be like that it's very hard to give a damn
0: yeah very much so whereas obviously yeah in rogue one you have to this...
1: oh stop it
0: yeah and you have the peril of uh of dinner, so and you have the yeah. peril of what's going to happen and but also it's what i really like about it as well is that it is because it's an extended universe thing, it's in that world and you have that look and you have that feel. You have stormtroopers, you have, um, scout walkers, you have the tech and you have that familiar tech, but it's not like the, um, the prequel one where they're just half-assed CGI. And also you don't have that, um, sort of paradox of having, um, a prequel set before it yeah. with tech which is more advanced yeah. and I know they kind of try to write around it by saying that society has kind of devolved and gone back retrospectively. Yeah. But it doesn't work like that. No. And in the end the fact that Rogue One is so real and physical and mm-hmm. that you feel like, you know, the blasters are real and then yeah. you feel like the, the computers are real yeah. and it's why the CGI bits with Peter Cushing and with uh, Carrie Fisher stand out because they they
1: don't look quite right. No, it's that Uncanny Valley thing going on there and there's just something. And because you know what's happened to Peter Cushing and to Carrie Fisher, you know that it's actually something odd going on there. But it's just
0: enough. The Cushing thing, I think, goes too much and it it, There's too much Cushing, yeah. um, But the Carrie Fisher thing is just a nice and especially much more emotive now, considering what's happened. Um, An noted moment, and yeah. it just works really nicely.
1: Yeah, um, I, I remember we didn't see this at midnight showing, but I remember being really sort of buoyed, having watched it and feeling sort of really uplifted by it. And going, actually, yeah, there are still people making good films out there that have a have sort of pathos to them and have actual meaning to them. Exactly,
0: and it's a gamble for them I think as well, it's it's that thing that they don't do, it's giving it to a proper filmmaker who can make a proper film out of it and tell a proper story and not just create a video game or a marketing exercise Mm. Um, and you get a better film as a result of it and you get a better experience
1: Well done Rogue One, well Well done. done The second half of this podcast is Alexander's view On The Force Awakens, Alexander's body language has very much changed here. Before, when we were talking about Rogue One, he was let back in the chair. Now there's sort of a sense of, I feel interrogated. I feel...
0: (laughs) I'm going full Paxman on you. Yeah,
1: go Yeah. Stop, (laughs) you must answer my question. Did you threaten to overrule?
0: (laughs) Anyway, Rogue One is undeniably a great film. And it is, as we just kind of discussed slightly off air, and what inspired us to have this conversation, Mm. probably the best made of the films from a creative standpoint. Rogue One. Rogue One is. But for me, Force Awakens is better because it is a proper Star Wars film. And with that comes an emotional connection to the characters who are involved that you could not get with Rogue One because it is... An isolated so story. So you're saying
1: it's not as good a film, but it is a better Star Wars film? Yes. Okay.
0: This is part of the kind of the larger thing. So I think yeah. for a lot of people our age, Star Wars has a very personal significance, whether it's been something which has genuine meaning to it, or a lot of the time it's also tacked on and people pretend to be more interested in Star Wars to just try and join in with a kind of a cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah, then. it's
1: a kind of like the clerk's effect, basically. Exactly. Like,
0: yeah. And I'm quite happy to admit that my f- my favourite Star Wars film is Return of the Jedi because that was the first one that I saw mm. I'm not old enough to have been to go and see yep. them at the cinema I remember watching Return of the Jedi and seeing speeder, speeder bikes on Newsround, and yeah. that just blew my mind. And yeah. I, for me, Jedi is my favourite. Speed bikes were
1: always them. my favourite toys when I had the Star Wars toys when I was a kid. Yeah, exactly, because you, you pop the, the back and, and they explode. It yeah, yeah
0: exactly. That's, there's still bits of that probably around my parents' house <laughs> tucked into... into Behind your, radiators. Exactly. Never to be seen again. Yeah. And in exactly the same way, uh, Force Awakens... Because it came after the abominations that are the prequels, the disappointment that came through. So I think you know the first first Star Wars films I saw at the cinemas, mm. after the reissues, was episode one, and episode two, and episode three, yeah. and they were awful. Yeah. So when it came around to Force Awakens, I deliberately didn't watch any of the trailers. I watched the first trailer, and yeah. I went into it cold. And the way that they marketed it, and so the whole experience mm. of watching mm. it was like watching a Star Wars film for the first yeah. time. And they made the most of that and that they played it perfectly yeah. and that they balanced the retrospective stuff for the older fans but also for a newer audience, you have a whole new set of characters yeah. who you don't have that emotional baggage and yeah. connection to. Yeah. You have a very carefully managed the veteran characters. Yep. You have the great moment with Han Solo and Princess Leia, which yep. will absolutely break your heart. You have very, very select use of mm. Luke Skywalker, but ultimately it's all about Kylo Ren. It's all about Finn, and it's all about Rey, and yep. that
1: is what makes it so yep. much. Yeah, it's fun. definitely Rilo Ken's story. I like to call him Rilo Ken, <laughs> but that's just me. It's yeah. all about Ken. It um, is all about Ken. I can't deny any of that. It is a fabulous, fabulous film. It is, I would agree with your premise, really, is the best Star Wars film. Mm. But Rogue One is a better film. You're right. Um, My two, I've written down three things about what I really dislike about um, Force Force Awakens. Awakens. Um, Snoke. CGI Snoke, I think, is dreadful. I think what they're trying to do is have him as... You know they can get away with him as a hologram until they've really decided what he is, yeah. I think they that's still they don't quite know, yeah. Um, the CGI in it for that was very poor. Um, the other thing I don't like is and I don't know what to say, it's Donald Gleason, really. I think I this love is Donald his Gleeson, worst performance of anything he's ever been in. He's a walking sneer, but he's he's. It's pantomime. Yeah, but it's Star and, Wars. <laughs> yeah, but I'm f- I'm nearly forty now. I know, but <laughs> it he's... would have been fine when I was a kid. But now Rogue One has shown me you don't have to be pantomime. You can be a truthful villain and still be Star Wars. But he can just be. He's a bit part villain. He's
0: not the main. He's not the main event. He's <laughs> Kylo Ren is the main event. He's, he is. he is the ultimate villain. and he is and he's
1: a moody teenager. It's got that sort of. He's Kevin the teenager. Yeah.
0: But with a murderous big lightsabering sword, yeah. and then, and uh, he's 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 not so much Kevin the teacher, He's more we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> nice, because <laughs> he's he's yeah <laughs> he's got this dark. So anyway, um, I completely agree with you about Snoke. Snoke yeah. is they're trying to do the um, Sauron. Ceremon yeah. kind of Lord of the Rings type thing. Mm. And I don't know what the scale is. That always what's the noise? No, exactly. Is, it's is quite... Snoke really massive or is the hologram really I think, massive? I think the
1: hologram's going to be massive. And, and he's going to be, be a kind
0: of like little Yoda type.
1: Oh, that would be amazing if he could fit in the palm of could, Ken's hand.
0: He could climb on the, on his back and they could go for a little <laughs> walk together. Um,
1: yeah. And to be honest, I've only seen um, Force Awakens twice, sort of, the cinema, and then once on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, I haven't felt the need to go back to it. No See I
0: I think I will before uh, The Last Jedi comes I probably on. will
1: before The Last Jedi I'm quite looking forward to The Last Jedi I think it'll be a bit Luke heavy
0: Yep yeah, But that again is kind of quite what works about the first one Is that they don't shoehorn him in No And the f- and, and Force Awakens I don't like the hand bits I, I'm, I'm quite yeah. happy to say that The bit with him in Leia is very heartbreaking And obviously the ultimate resolution of what happens to him yeah. Is absolutely heartbreaking Yep yeah. And he fulfils a role, but he, he just oversteps that boundary mm. of being too much into it. But not so much that it ruins the film.
1: The um, the other bit that I dislike is um, when they go to that the pub with all the flags. I forgot, Mas yeah. the Fortun- yeah. uh, Mass Fortuna. Yeah. I, th- I think she's a, she's a cipher character. I don't get what she's there for, apart from to tell us the plot. Well, um, there is a so great moment if...
0: where she sort of intimates that her and Chewbacca might have had a bit of a thing. Does she? Yeah. Well, that's mm. how I read it. Yeah, They've kind of got a little bit. They're a little bit flirty, ah. but it's a little bit weird because you know she's tiny and and, and Chewbacca's quite big. I know?
1: wasn't sure that Wookiees could flirt. I didn't know.
0: I didn't. I didn't read that. Well, no. He made a particularly seductive grunt. Maybe <laughs> he, he combed his hair. You know, <laughs> that's my favorite bit of Return of the Jedi is the fact that he has a mustache. It's a
1: very tidy mustache. It's very cool. Exactly. He won It's so that. He,
0: he, He's growing up. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, that was quite a, quite a good conversation. That was.
1: I think I think we agree, basically. Yeah. That's disappointing.
0: Uh, I think, yeah. As you say, it's all about emotional journeys, and that's yeah. where we were going when we were having yeah. the discussion. And at Star Wars, is so much of it is about emotional resonance. Yeah. That, that personal preference can eclipse objectivity.
1: Yeah, because the first Star Wars film I ever saw was the first 20 minutes of um, New Hope. Yeah, when I was at a friend's house when I was about seven or eight years old and it was on telly and we just watched it and I had to go home. Yeah, and I didn't really know what it was at all yeah. and then I, it happened to come on telly again and I knew exactly what it was then and yeah. I was into it from that moment That's... when I was about sort of, must have been seven, eight years old, something yeah. like that and I remember getting from the video shop when I was about seven or eight the um, Caravan of Courage, Oh nice. the Ewoks film, and I kept that out and it was on the video shop on the London Road, at Balustrade actually it was,
0: oh, very interestingly enough, yeah.
1: and I must have had it out for about three or four weeks and watched it f- like three times a week for that really? period, I can't remember a word of it now, <laughs> but it was just, I, w- I was in love with the, um, were... the world and the Ewoks basically. But I think I
0: was the same because I used to watch Star Wars Droids. The cartoon, ah. having not really watched Star Wars, but again, this is the thing of, of growing up in the eighties when yeah. you didn't have, we didn't have video, we didn't no. have on demand, we didn't have Netflix, we didn't no. have Blu-ray players. You just got what you could in yeah, terms you... of Star Wars. Fiction. So I, I learned the story of Return of the Jedi by reading the Return of the Jedi book in our library. The novel-
1: the sort of novelization. No, I mean. it
0: was a picture book. Have photos. Oh, in how it very cool the is
1: thing. that? Yeah, and reading comics with Star Wars in as well. Yeah. Shock horror. Yeah. Um, as you can see, listeners, Star Wars means quite a lot to us yeah. in different ways. It does.
0: Here's another discussion for a thing. Uh, there is another movie franchise which is more important to me than Star Wars and that I rate as better and more significant than Star Wars. Go on then. Hit me with it. Aliens. Aliens has more personal significance for me than Star Wars.
1: That's very interesting. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what to do with that information. I think I need to ruminate on that. There you go. That will be coming up on a <laughs> on a future Void podcast. Exactly, there you go. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I do believe it's number four.
0: Oh, it is. Wow. Unless we sort of retcon it and or reboot num- it. Shall I say number five? Number six. Num- number seven. Sounds like we're in the post office now. <laughs> cashier number four four. please I like the fact that the cashier works in the same post offices all around the country (laughs) (laughs) so thank you for listening to the fourth episode it's been really hot we've just recorded two back to back and we've all gone a little bit strange
1: yeah these might be two of the worst podcasts ever recorded
0: but if you do if you have made it to the end of this if this thing has actually existed and ever been published and you would like to hear more then there are three ways that you can get in touch with us (laughs) <laughs> but I love way three... it's
1: so specific. There are three ways. There, are, you could write to us at our home addresses as well if you wanted to.
0: If you, if you can find us on the electoral roll.
1: <laughs> um, basically, hit us up on Twitter. There we are. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Hit us up. What a dickhead! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. oh, you can drop us some dope tweets. <laughs> You can find us on Facebook at balustradehq. That's facebook.com slash balustradehq. And what was the Twitter handle again? That's at
0: boytpod. How are we spelling boyt? Just for those people that aren't familiar with the word? That's
1: It's not a word. Yet. <laughs>
0: yet it's becoming a word. B-W-O-I-T pod. Boyt. Boyt.
1: Balustrade's world of interesting things. Boyt. Boyt. And then what's the third way that people can get in touch with us? You can send us a good old-fashioned email. Hurrah. That's balustrade... No, it's not. It's um, boytpodcast at gmail.com. Hurrah.
0: So we look forward to all of the spam that you can send us.
1: Yeah, I will actually one day try and remember the login for that and I'll have a look to see who's been spamming us.
0: So there we go. That has been our fourth episode of Balustrade's World of Interesting Things.
1: Thanks ever so much for listening. We will be back soon. Bye. I've turned my page over to my notes about this which is totally empty but there's a little kind of raw sack test thing going on there that's R- raw exciting. sack raw sack is that the thing? Raw, raw sack. raw
0: that's <laughs> it you never want a raw sack test <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's alright cup, cup and cough <laughs>